Oh, we're back for another one. Stay <laughs> hydrated. Hello, live and undead. I'm your host, Tap. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Crozier. I almost said my guest's name, Taffeta Darling. Oh, but that is my guest tonight, the amazing Taffeta Darling. Ah! That is by far the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> I'm really jealous. I want one of those. That's awesome. <laughs> what the the mask or Everything. just the, the enthusiasm? The like rock and roll music, the flies, <laughs> all the monsters. I'm, I'm watching getting going. I don't even need to be here. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks. Yeah, up. we're happy to have you. And thanks for joining us. We've got little power flickers going off. I don't know if you, you've, you've noticed that. Uh, we're getting a little brownouts on this end because we're getting a lot of snow outside. Oh, cool. I'm jealous of the snow. We just have kind of a cloudy, muggy, and kind of breezy right now in Dallas. We don't, I don't know when the last time we actually had really, really good snow. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, come on up. We'll, we'll share some. I would love to go back to Denver. Like I was saying it's been a while, and I think the first time I was actually in Denver was right around the time, you know, we're just going to go, you know, adult theme, that everything was, like, you know, legal. And I remember I got there, and they were like, hey, what can you do? What would you like? And I was like, well, I hear this is legal now. And then 10 minutes later, I had some, and I was like, heck yeah, Denver. Heck yep. yeah. Yeah. How uh yeah, is is uh, Texas even close to legalizing pot or anything like that? I think right now we have something that's called like a mercy law or a mercy uh, 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 right or something like that. To where I just saw recently to where they're going to have uh, people can apply to uh, actually be a distributor or a grower, Ooh. but it has to be tied into you know whatever this mercy umbrella is. And I think that may have something to do with like illnesses or being. Uh, sick or what but um as yeah. mm. texas is like i'm really surprised that you know we haven't gone full on yet for all the yeah. money yeah yeah uh hey uh again tapping thanks for coming on and you know yeah you're a comic book aficionado is is how i would you know, describe you watching a lot <laughs> of your you know you're also a fellow podcaster you know, a superb one at that you're you're do you do your research you're you're uh you know very knowledgeable about you know all the pop culture and you know everything from comic books to horror to superhero stuff and you know you know films and tv uh yeah tell us a little my bit. head growing this much right now i'm not going to be able to fit outside my door thank you excellent i'm happy to feed it come <laughs> give you more <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, just wanted to you know, you know bring you on and and talk about uh, like you know horror horror comics and and how they also like influence you know superhero uh, you know genre, but also you know tell us a little bit about yourself. 
you know, where you come from and, and how you got into, you know, pop culture and, uh, and comic books and, and all these fun things. Oh, man. Well, I guess I can go back to the very, uh, you know, my, my main start was back in the day. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I, I, when I was younger, uh, like my treat at the end of every week, if I was good in school, uh, you know, I would go to 7-Eleven, I'd get a Slurpee and I'd get a little Archie comic, real Archie Digest. And here nice. I am, you know, just getting that. Um, eventually, like I, you know, grew out of the Archie. I didn't grow out of the Archie, but I moved from Archie to Sabrina, you know, and I was like, cool, witches, you know, I was like 10 years old, you know, witches, I love witches. This is cool, you know, and then. So I learned about vampires and monsters and then I found, you know, uh, Werewolf by Night and the Legion of Monsters. Yeah. And then that was my intro to comics before, you know, any of the other stuff was like, you know, the Sabrina and then the monsters. And I didn't actually get into Batman until Batman the Animated Series and Batman 89 were kind of around. And I was like, cool. I love Batman. This guy's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, the the origin story of, you know, Baby Taff and, uh, you know, my my love for comics, I guess. But I remember being, you know, 10, 11 years old, uh, sneaking like the HBO or the Cinemax that were showing the horror movies late at night. You know, my parents would go to sleep and I'd have this little TV and I'd go, you know, watch Tales from the Crypt. And Tales from the Crypt oh, was a huge inspiration uh, for me. I guess not inspiration, but a huge like, you know, gateway into, you know, just the horror in general. You know, mm -hmm. I was watching this late at night at HBO and, you know, seeing more dicks, boobs and deaths than yep. I think ever as an adult and just became, you know, into it. And I think there's something uh, fun about, you know, kind of being scared, but yeah. knowing that it's not real, you know, and it's, it's a different sort of fantasy. You know, we like the, you know, the Conan fantasy. We like the, you know, John Carter sci-fi, but with yeah. horror, you know, it's a different kind of fantasy. I mean, like, obviously I don't want to die, but you know, there was just that thrill of being kind of like, you know, Ooh, that's a creepy guy or that's a creepy mm -hmm. monster or this person just got decapitated, you know, Ooh, thank goodness it wasn't me. Yeah, there's that that uh, adrenaline rush that kind of goes with it, and and, right. then, and then sometimes, hopefully, sometimes, uh, more often than not, uh, than not, you know, the humor that comes after that. It's like, oh, you, you got me, you know. It's like, you know, th that that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, especially with like something like uh, Tales from the Crypt, you know, which which always had that tongue in cheek humor. You yes. know that that played along with it. You know, and yeah, especially with the host him, himself, the the puppet. You know, just always the you know the the dirty dad jokes and stuff. Right, John here <laughs> and his crazy voice. Let me move my mouse out of the way. I have a lot of cords over here. Sorry, don't. <laughs> there it goes. Okay, perfect. My mouse is making way too much noise for me. Yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got into also like doing podcasting and, and you know, broadcasting. Cause now you've got a new show on Twitch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back in the day I was, you know, writing, I think it was right around the time actually when the Green Lantern movie came out with Ryan Reynolds and I had this blog, it was called like curves and comics. Like, I mean, this is, you know, almost 20 years ago when it was like blogspot.com. It was right. very old school. And, uh, you know, I was just, writing shit to write shit and just put my thoughts out there, I guess, for maybe posterity just to, you know, have stuff. And somebody else kind of started reading it and I would, you know, come be like, you know, guest on different stuff, kind of got my own show and it just kind of evolved from that. And I've been doing uh, Facebook live for maybe about four or five years, uh, but really just kind of got tired of all the stuff that goes with Facebook and the algorithms and, you know, them wanting to pay and stuff. So, uh, I've stopped doing any of that and now I'm doing everything strictly on Twitch, which uh, mm -hmm. once a week I do a gaming video 
uh, where I just, you know, play a random game and, you know, have community yeah. chat. And then I have uh, like an interview, you know, so I, I stream twice a week. And then um, sometimes I'll have like a movie pizza party where I just drink and, you know, we just whatever talk and <laughs> whatever happens. So it's still kind of the same brand and the same format, but uh, it's just less of the BS that was yeah. going on with everything else. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, so it, your your introduction to comics, I mean, that that was that was pretty interesting. You know, Legion of Monsters and uh, followed by Sabrina. Is that right? Um, well, uh, yeah, Sabrina, and then like that's kind of when I started taking notice of like you know the other monsters yeah. that were around and the other comic books and stuff. Um, and then with Tales from the Crypt, you know, I really got into uh, Johnny Craig and then, you know, some of those books and stuff and getting into the weird science and the, uh, you know, tales of uh, suspense stories and anything yeah. that went along with EC. I would, you know, say uh, Graham Ingalls and, you know, uh, Feldstein, just anything that tied to EC kind of just pushed it over the edge for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With, with like EC comics and, uh, yeah, especially, yeah, some of the horror comics from uh, like the the fifties and stuff. Yeah, th those were some of the things that that led to you know that that persecution of comics that uh, you know that alleged oh this is the cause of you know the delinquency with youth and right. uh, you know they they became that that scapegoat. Um, but it also became you know kind of that uh, yeah that that forbidden fruit that uh, you know I think. Uh, you know, gave comics their longevity so that they could, you know, transition into other genres and then uh, be able to uh, transition into into superhero uh, genre, which, you know, really just kind of, that's what the American, that's what American comics are known for, right? The superhero genre. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, you know, with, with that, um, yeah, do you think that you know really directly influenced a lot of the like the superhero stuff that uh you know we uh consume today? I think it definitely like has some like you know parallels to it because I think at a time whenever like the comics code was getting slammed down, you know, there were a lot of people who were leaving, you know, EC and they were trying to figure out, you know, people left EC, they went to DC, they went to Marvel, and they took those same stories but kind of tweaked them a little to where it wasn't necessarily like a decapitation cover, you know, it was someone punching Hitler. Or maybe it wasn't, you know, uh, a, a lady in bondage, you know, being attacked mm -hmm. by uh, monsters. Instead, it was a lady in bondage being attacked by, you know, Ku Klux Klan. And you had to get, you know, right. some of these other uh, heroes to kind of come out and to kind of take the place of of, uh, of these monsters and ghouls. So I think there's definitely a connection there. And um, I think it's kind of like that old Scooby-Doo, like, you know, mantra at the end, you know, it's all right. humans that are the actual monsters. And so it's interesting yeah. how... The, the superhero genre uh, has taken such dominance for so many years. But now I think just because of the movies and just because of cartoons that just have been bombarded by us, that now we're getting like this, you know, resurgence of like, you know, horror comics and we're getting, you know, the Werewolf by Night movie, which is fucking amazing, you know, and then we're getting right. Moon Knight, you know, we got the Moon Knight series, which is really cool. And then, you know, we've got a little bit of hint of Blade and the, of all, what was the, uh, the of all right. things, we get a hint of, you know, Blade and it's like, all right, cool. Give yeah. me the monsters. Give me my gore. Give me my, you know, oogie boogies. Bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, uh, most definitely. In, you know, famously too. Like, you know, you, you mentioned uh, how some of those uh, stories kind of transitioned into, you know, DC Comics, Marvel Comics stories. You know, one thing that that pops to mind is, you know, famously because of the comic co uh, book code, you can call Satan Satan. 
you know, in, in DC or Marvel, you, uh, instead Marvel got Mephisto. Right. Yeah. I, I always thought that, you know, that was pretty interesting. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, just, you know, have the same stuff in there. Just don't call it what, you know, you know, what's, what's labeled as a no, no. Um, right. A lot of the, uh, the, the sorcery and the witches and stuff like that was all kind of under the guise of astonishing tales. This is just an astonishing right. tale. It's not a suspense or a crime or a true crime tale or a horror tale. It's astonishing. That's right. That, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's always interesting, you know, having those, uh, you know, just reinvent those taglines and those monikers and then, you know, you're, you're free to go, you know, you, you it's, just figuring out new ways around the rules. Yeah. How to bend them uh, to, you know, to those purposes. Yes. Uh, that's, that's always a good, uh, a fun thing. And it's also like something that, that really plays well into, uh, you know, horror movies as well. You, you mentioned earlier with, um, you know, people always being the bad guys. You yeah. Know, you, you, you get that so much in like, you know, contemporary tales like, the Walking Dead, the comic book, and the the TV series too. You know, it's the the zombies might set up the the world, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's really us that are the most terrifying creatures. Right. Or even more recently, I don't know if you've seen the uh, uh, the Last of Us. It's now appearing on HBO. Yeah. yeah. You know, very much like uh, Resident Evil. And it's funny because I was remembering, I was like, why didn't I ever play this game back when it came out? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I was playing Resident Evil. You know, they're very, they're very similar, but I can appreciate the, you know, the differences and the juxtaposition of, you know, uh, of how it's all played out. Right, right. Yeah, I, I did, uh, you know, just catch the the one episode. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't play video games. I'm usually sitting there drawing. Uh, I just, you know, never, never was a thing that, that really caught on with me. But uh but you know, watching that that one episode, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, really so bad. yeah, it, it, and you and usually, you know, those type of adaptations, video game adaptations uh, in into film or TV, they're just not known for such depth. Um, and then I, you know, did do a little bit of you know look up on on the video game, and I was really surprised at just how in depth the video game, the story you know, in that really is too. Right. I think that was uh, fantastic. I did um, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't play it. So I just kind of started looking at like, okay, well I've spoiled myself, but I'm sure it's going to play out beautifully. So that'll be great. Right. Right. Most. Oh yeah. Uh looks like we got a couple of people uh, commenting on, on this end. Um, oh, where are they at? I don't see them. Uh, who is the best comic book monster of all time from, oh, that's my buddy uh, Abram. What, like what's the, your like what's monster your, monster? Uh, comic book monster. What's I guess what's your favorite really? Oh, my favorite is definitely Werewolf by Night, but I don't consider him necessarily like a monster. You yeah. know, he's just more kind of a cursed guy who's literally just trying to figure out what the hell happened to him and his family and just trying right. to die. But um, I'm gonna go with Dracula. I think Dracula mm. is you know he's bad through and through. There's not a time where Dracula is actually ever good in the comics. You know, whether right. it be on the DC side if he's fighting Batman in like blood, uh, you know, red rain, or if he's in the Marvel side and he's going after, you know, the Legion of Monsters, uh, right. or even if he's got like his kids, he's got, you know, Lilith, you know, there's just, yeah. he was just kind of uh, a badass. He's a baddie, you know, he's, nice. he's just not good. Nice. That's, that's cool. And then uh, it looks like Trevor popped in here too. Um, I think that's why a lot of collectors go after the pre-code uh, horror books. 
Okay, yeah, I see the comment. Sorry, I had the volume up for a second, but I'm trying to pull this up so I can see what you guys are saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I work at Heritage in the comic department, and we okay. just had a huge pre-code horror uh, uh, sale, and it was actually, it was really neat to see mm -hmm. a lot of these, like, you know, mint comics that are, you know, we really, you know, that you that you really see. We got a lot of the, you know, Adventures in Darkness. We, you know, saw a lot of Alex talk. We were able to see, you know, random uh, Irwin Shapiro's and, stuff that he's written so it's uh it was kind of it was a neat treat to see and i think uh you're right i think the people who do tend to go for those pre-horror is because or the pre-code is because they're a little bit less expensive than the mm -hmm. superhero but because i think they're getting so popular i would imagine that they're going to wind up kind of the value is going to go up the value is going to go up nice yeah, with, with something like that I'd, I'd imagine too like uh you know those yeah along with the the early superhero stuff, you know, that, that mom and dad burned back in the, the early fifties or whatever, right. um, you know, we're also just almost as rare too. Yeah. I think um, we had one collection that came in that almost everything was pretty much near mint. And that's always kind of neat to see because it had been something that just been kind of, you know, set aside and kind of forgotten about. But then I also yeah. like kind of seeing the ones that have been like really loved and worn and you can tell that someone really enjoyed them back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, kind of hearing about like, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, well, you know, thinking on, on, uh, like how, you know, mothers or parents were like burning kids as comic books. Like, I mean, I, I can't help but drop comparisons to not only censorship, but also Nazi book burnings. You know, I, I think that's a really unfortunate thing and just kind of, and now you're starting to see some of that, you know, today, you know, sorry to get political, but yeah, know, like, I think comics are political though. And that's the kind of the thing, sure. you know, people get so upset and they get so mad. Oh, well, you know, uh, Captain America's woke. Did you not fucking see the comic? Did you not read it? Where he punched right. Hitler? You know, well, Superman is woke. He's literally like an, you know, he's like an alien from outer space, you know, that's come here to do good. And he's, you know, being attacked yes. and he's being fought after. I mean, like comics are political because I think, yeah no matter how many times people want to separate them, like, you know, political is just kind of in us, you know, it's what makes us right. human because we have the ability to have that morality and the right and wrong. Right. Well, and, and with that, I think that's, that, you know, that's what good, good art is. It's a reflection of, you know, the, what the society norms, you know, being reflected back at us. And it's like, Oh, okay. These are the things hopefully we should address. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely uh you know pretty interesting. Well, and, and then you know also you know with uh you know dealing with monsters and and horror, you know monsters are are a constant uh you know morality tale or an analogy for you know the outsider or somebody that's marginalized. You, you know you 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 bring up um, Werewolf by Night being your, your favorite uh, you know comic book monster, and and you know you were saying that uh, you know he's he's a kind of a tragic figure, you know, dealing with this curse. Um, yeah, you can't help but, but think of, you know, you know, that, that could be uh, an analogy for, you know, somebody that's, uh, you know, been marginalized, like, you know, immigrants or refugees or, or something, you know, you know, trying to find their place in the world. Right. I think also maybe, you know, they have a really interesting way of tying to mental health as well, too. And people are dealing with like their own right. internal demons. And they're dealing with their own internal right. strength. You know, Jack Russell for once, you know, I just love that. I mean, but that was yeah. literally like what I fell in love with when I found out his name was Jack Russell. Right, Jack right, right. Roy Thomas, you're a 
fucking genius. You know, it's <laughs> fucking yeah, genius. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, yes. You know, but he's he doesn't want this. He doesn't want to have to deal with this. But it's something that's a part right. of him. So it's something he has to actually learn and grow with, and how to like you know, control right. it, and how to deal with it in society, and how to have relationships with that. And I think mental health still kind of ties into that. Yeah, very much, very much so. It's something that uh, has, you know, has been, you know, so stigmatized. It, it's so many people have, find it, you know, hard to talk about. But you know, the more often we talk about it, the the better we can address it. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's the one thing I will have no trouble talking about is like my own mental health issues, because like I grew up with, you know, in that era where it was like, you know, we don't go, we don't talk about going to therapy. We don't talk about your issues, you know. So I spent, you know, 20 years of my life not knowing what was wrong with me. And then finally I went and saw someone like, oh, you have ADHD. You also have CPTSD. And it's like, oh, okay. well, now at least I know what I'm working with. So now I can manage it, you know, much like Jack Russell. He finds out, oh. I've got this family curse. I'm a werewolf. Now I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> what I have to work with. Yeah. The, uh, you know, kind of um, hopping on the, the, the werewolf by, by night wagon, especially with the, the, the Halloween uh, mm-hmm. special. Oh my God. I was, I was so surprised at how amazingly good that was and how, how engaged I was with it. Um, longer. It was so, it, it wasn't enough for me at all. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, I could, I could totally see that. The, I, I do like the fact that it was like short and sweet. That is one of, one of my criticisms on, on a number of these shows is it's, it, you know, sometimes it's too long drawn out and, and it feels like filler, but, but this one was just kind of short to the point. And yeah, I, I can't wait for another installment of that. And Absolutely. And then seeing somebody like Man Thing, right? Who's, who's one of my favorites, like oh, you no. know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he still, you know, despite this grotesque, horrible, you know, beast you see there deep down, he still wants to be called Ted. You know, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm still a person under all this monstrosity. Call me Ted. Yeah, that's that's something I, I absolutely love with with uh, you know that interpretation of Man Thing, and then like also like DC's uh, you know Swamp Thing. I mean, yeah, I think Man Thing came out like what two months before or something like that. And one, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I can't think of uh, when Swamp Thing was. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it was like within months of each other. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, I, th- I think it was, um, wasn't it by the same? Because uh, Lynn Wine didn't Lynn Wine have a, a hand in both? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, that it makes total sense to, you know, similar or same creator, you know, you had a hand oh. in creating both. Well, with Man Thing, it was uh, Roy Thomas and it was uh, uh, Jerry Conroy and then Gray Morrow. So, you, it was really oh, okay. because he was like this big, you know, uh, comic strip person, you know, and so to see him go from like these, you know, funny pages to, you know, you know creating this like crazy monster, this like, you know, humanoid. Right. Uh, it, the, the evolution of that but yeah roy thomas because he also did werewolf by night and so that kind of makes sense why they kind of had their own little have, they, have them intertwined yeah yeah uh, I, I kept hearing that uh like lynn wine and wasn't it roy thomas that weren't they roommates at one point i don't know but i will go ahead and just say this i actually am working on an interview with, Tom, with roy thomas so i'll definitely ask that right, right. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's yeah, I, I I don't know if I uh, misheard that or or what, but uh, but you know it's just like oh yeah they're so close in proximity of each other and and type 
but but those are the two that I gravitate that for me as a fan, those are the two I gravitate towards. And they're also, you know, my two favorite characters that I love to draw. So, you know, yeah, of course, I, I, I'm a sucker for for lines, you know, tons and yes. tons of lines, thousands <laughs> of lines. The texture uh, and the, the intricacies of it. Look yeah. like someone said something over here. Let me see what he Yeah, said. we got uh, Trevor popped up again. Around 12, I told my mom I started playing D&D with a friend, and she was a little taken back. Oh, look at that. I need to figure out what system you're using because I'm reading this, and I don't have to read this. Uh, but what's funny is I was going to literally bring this up, you know, because when you were talking about the book burnings and stuff like that, right? Like my generation, it wasn't so much, or for me, it wasn't so much the uh, book burning, but it was the satanic panic in the 80s with the D&D, and that was something I was really wanting to, and my mom was like, you know, we're from Guatemala, we're from a third world country, we don't know. Mm-hmm. With any of that stuff, and uh, you yeah. know, conservative parents, so I it was like, no, you know, I went to evangelical right. school for a few years, right? So it was definitely off the table, but uh, I really wish I had had the opportunity to get into that when I was younger because I probably would appreciate it more, but yeah, it's definitely uh, every generation sort of has its own, you know, hysteria, right? Most definitely, yeah, um, yeah, here in, in Colorado, like satanic panic was uh, a big thing in especially in Colorado Springs because we have a massive you know Christian mega church community and um, and yeah a, you know a lot of um, a lot, lot of hippies got kind of uh, you know pigeonholed you know to be a part of like you know Satanist cults and all this yeah <clears throat> wild hysteria and then you had a you know massive uh, amount of uh, you know horror movies around the subject you know, really, you know, kind of had that uptick. I mean, you had that in the seventies, but you really, you know, it was really noticeable in the, in the eighties, you know, with yeah. the, with the, you know, horror film culture, it was uh, an easy thing to, to play off of. Um, yeah. My, my girlfriend uh, grew up, uh, you know, in, in Colorado Springs and, you know, really could speak to a lot of that because she, she saw the, the hysteria. It was, it was wild by her description. <laughs> I, I can definitely, uh see how that is coming from like, I guess even in the seventies, you have like these old like hammer horror movies. You've got, you know, the satanic yeah. rites of Dracula, you know, you've got yeah. not just Dracula, you know, you've got, so you've got like all, you know, these hammer horror movies that were just, you know, sexual and violent and just, you know, bloody. And so that yeah. was pretty much all the seventies. And so the eighties when Reagan came in, they were like, no, 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 <laughs> we we're going to say no to all that. <laughs> Right, right. That's true. That yeah, the 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 temperature certainly took a yeah uh, an amazing you know shift yeah uh, to be you know very kind of that that conservative uh, authoritarianism uh, aspect. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, and, and then of course you know you remember like the the Tom Hanks Dragnet movie with uh, yes. oh Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, yeah, the whole <laughs> the pool and the the goats and everything. Yeah, and I. Want to say that maybe one of the first times that I was kind of introduced to you know a more comical side of you know like sat- Satanism and stuff like that because I do remember that and I remember that kind of scaring me especially when they're about to like you know sacrifice the girl and they throw her in the pit. Yeah. You know, I was very young watching movies that I probably shouldn't have been because I had a uh, you know my dad really loved all these you know crazy movies and that's where I get a lot of my. Uh, a lot of my love for all this random shit from is is from him, and uh, and if they weren't there, like I said, I was usually just kind of sneaking, sneaking right. those shows. But I do remember Dragnet. It's been a while. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and then uh, you know Tom Hanks had that um, uh, came later. Um, I think it was '89, the Joe Dante film uh, uh, The Burbs, which yes. you know, also you know played in, into that neighbor hysteria. Like you know, oh, what's your what's your neighbor doing? The the new person that moved in. Yeah, the Clopex. What's that? The Clopex. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's in my top five movies. You like literally can get me going on a tangent on that as well. Like the birds nice. is anytime it's like July 4th or Memorial Day, you know, one of those yeah. holidays, I put that on, you know, because you've got the crazy neighbor, Satan is good, Satan is our friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, chanting. You're chanting, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That was, uh, I saw that it was on uh, Netflix. I, I played, yeah, I watched most of it the other day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 such a fun you know movie, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess Tom Hanks kind of had a, a satanic panic, you know, <laughs> kind of series of films before he uh, you know became you know the nicest person everybody wants to you know knows in Hollywood, right? Right, and then he kind of went uh, full circle with the uh, Dan Brown books and stuff whenever he came back and he was like investigating the uh, right. uh, the the Da Vinci Code one. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, angels and demons. What the hell is the place where they all <laughs> congregate? No, the, the for the Pope lives. Oh, Vatican City. Yes, that was really yeah. hard for me. I'm gonna have to. That's see. okay. That's okay. It's, it's probably a place I'll never visit either. I think I would visit just for the historical aspect of it, but mm -hmm. probably wouldn't want to stay along. But yeah, so he right. did kind of like you know go from that to kind of coming back around with angels and demons. So. If I ever right. interviewed him or met him, I would ask him about that and be like, "So, you like Satan?" Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. In 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 all of those, he's he's uh, investigating all these like you know wrong wrongdoings. You know, I think what was it in Inferno with Ewan McGregor? That's like the only one I really sat through, and uh, I think it it was just um, like uh, the next in line to be Pope or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turned turned out to be like committed uh, murder and all that. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I was like, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it's anything to really do with like themes of uh, demonic, but but yeah, as far as like people doing evil things again, are, yeah, people are the monsters. People and are the monsters. Yeah, yeah, that one's a little more like you know people monsters uh, more so than the Da Vinci Code, which I really right. like Da Vinci Code. You know, I'm. I, I can, you know, get lost in like the Gnostic, you know, uh, verses and the, you know, the tales of, you know, Thomas uh, and the mm -hmm. whole, you know, Sangria, like the royal blood and how like Mary was actually just like, you know, transferred and she made it all the way and she had this pilgrimage and had a baby, you know, and then that yeah. was the whole thing. And that's actually like, you know, the Holy Grail. So right. I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for that shit. So. <laughs> Anyways, I'm way off topic from the horror stuff, but I uh, oh no, but, but all that stuff, you know, all all that, you know, like religious horror and everything, that plays into you know so much of that. And, you know, it's it's uh, you know something that can be you know used up as you know uh, morality tales, um, and and really you know you see it's like oh you know again uh, you know so much gets gets put on to like Satanists and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, well, what if that's a morality tale? What if, you know, they're really not that bad? Because I, I have a number of friends that are Satanists and they have the better albums. 
There's definitely uh, like a fine line, I think, when you get into any sort of religion. Right. Uh, when you commit yourself to any sort of religion, I think once you've given yourself completely to one ideology, it becomes uh, something people like, you know, die and fight for. And for me, I tend to just kind of yeah. be more of an agnostic to where I'm always willing to learn. I'm always wanting to learn and I can obsess over this stuff and kind of, okay, well, now I've learned this. Well, what happened there? Let me keep going. Yeah. So I, I've never quite committed to anything <laughs> yeah. uh, when it comes to an actual religion. But I think uh, if I did, it would probably just be pop culture in general. <laughs> Nice. I think that's the one thing that I can commit myself to is, you know, yeah. reading these funny books and watching these horror movies and seeing how they, you know, coalesce and kind of come together. Right. Well, yeah, I think that's, that, that's the nice thing too. It's like, you know, you've got, got books out there like that, that, that feed, you know, as, as the Bible or, or whatever, have you. And, and so many people, um, you know, try to enact so many of those commandments into, into law, but um you know, with, with, with comic books, there's so many also fantastical things in there, but by no means do I want to enact any of that into law. It's like, just be glad that people are reading awesome stories and, uh, you know, you know, you know stop, uh, stop, you know, forcing you know, your will onto other people, you know, especially <laughs> if we don't adhere to them. Um, oh yeah. Man, Trev, Trevor's really interacting with us tonight pretty well. Um, Trevor. He works at a, as a bartender at Alamo Draft House in Westminster, which is a, a suburb out, out here in Denver. Okay. Just watching uh, the burbs in the bar. Yeah. You've just uh, also uh, gushing over it too. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher, you yeah. know, and the rest of the cast. And it's a, a very good role for Tom Hanks because he does get to play the, you know, the good neighbor and the wholesome, right. you know, American next door. But then he also gets to play like that suspicious neighbor. And you just kind of see him go like up and down till the very end to where he's about, you know, to apologize to all of them, you know, and say sorry to the Klopex. And then, you know, finds out yep. he's right, that they actually are murderers. Yep. That's true. That's <laughs> very true. Good role for Tom Hanks. So, yeah, if you guys haven't seen The Burbs in a long time. Go see it. If you've never seen it, watch it now. Definitely. Uh, see a young Bruce Stern. Holy cow. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just uh, and, and then uh, like Corey Feldman as well. <laughs> it's such a good cast. It's all it's yeah. It's it's self-contained. It kind of goes up and down, like I said, from comedy to horror. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad you were able to watch it, Trevor. It's very good. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna you know shine some light on uh, my that's uh, right. No, because Creep Show is very much a, a comic book movie in its own way, in its own right, right. and I still think it's probably the best if if not at least in the top three best anthology of horror movies, mm -hmm. just because every tale in there, the way it's done, it's done like a comic book. It really kind of, incorporates, you know, like uh, all the stories, how they interweave. And that is very much so like, you know, the old EC comics and uh, yeah. even like some of this stuff that came out before the EC comics. Right. Uh, have you been able to check out uh, any of the new, uh, you know, series on Shudder? I have. Yeah. I actually paid for Shutter uh, to watch that. The first season was um, kind of mad, but the next two were amazing. I loved the uh, one where they came in with uh, uh, Sam Raimi's brother. I can't think of his name. Where they did like the whole... Oh, Dead Raimi. Yeah, where they kind of like, you know, brought the evil dead back. And then they had this whole yeah. medicine for where, you know, it was very self-aware where, you know, this guy was like a collector of horror, you know, uh, props and, you know, memorabilia. And it turns out, you know, they had like the skeletons and, you know, they talked about the skeletons were actually real skeletons because right. it was cheap just to find, you know, old skeletons and like making them and stuff. 
I thought they did a really good job with that. And I hope they bring back more. It had that good feel of, you know, uh, creepy spooky. And what I like about these stories is that they always get their, you know, justice in the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like no one gets away from the, you know, from any of these, uh, from these creeps. That's right. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The short stories are, are just so fantastic and, and wonderfully self-contained. Um, yeah. Even as a, like, a, you know, in, in comic books, there's so many amazing comic book anthology, so not only, you know, back in the day, but, but also like right now you, you've, you get like a, a dozen of them trying to be funded on, on a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something. And they're amazing. You get these uh, amazing new, new voices, you know, trying to, um, you know, uh, demonstrate, you know, um, some of their st storytelling uh, capabilities with these uh, really accessible formats. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of like horror is it's so accessible. It's, it's also that, that forbidden fruit that you're not supposed to be watching when you're a kid, but you and I, uh, we yeah. ignored that. One of those things where your hands are covered, but you're still kind of peeking through. Yeah, the yeah. Little like, oh, finger. Like, I gotta watch. I gotta watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but it's, it's it's such a you know great you know uh, you know kind of you know ground to to really start honing your craft too. And and so many amazing storytellers and filmmakers start out in that genre and either move on to other things or really just sharpen their their uh, you know their toolkit. Uh, getting getting these things going. Yeah. Um, the oh geez, Trevor, you are just going to town writing a book. I love it. Appreciate it, Trevor. Um, yeah, comics have been you know great in the last decade uh, because there are so many uh, new stories being uh, being told more than just uh, Marvel and DC. The indie publishers are really bringing uh, bringing their game. Some of the horror titles uh, in particular, it's like, yeah, I, I, I would totally agree. Um, you know, not even like necessarily just uh, indie labels, but just guys at home, you know, put putting their, their works on, uh, on Kickstarter and Indiegogo and that's their audience, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think it's even some mainstream ones. I don't know if you guys read James Tinian. You know, he mm. had uh, Something is Killing Children. You know, he did like the DC versus right. Vampires. He had the Nice House on the Lake. So he does a really good job of like, you know, he's in the mainstream and he's, you know, you know, part of, you know, DC, but he still brings that horror and he still kind of brings that suspense. And, uh, you know, Scott Snyder there for a while before yeah. he was that man, like he was a horror writer, you know, he was right. magnificent with Swamp Thing and that was pretty creepy, uh, you know. So I, I think that there's still uh, room for, you know, some of these mainstream just. Uh, publishers to have some of these comic uh right kind of spooky and scary right i really enjoyed his his run on on the swamp thing didn't you do that with uh yeah yannick uh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah it was, yeah. it was yeah i i remember that series i i think i collected the the whole run uh and i was like oh my gosh it's so epic and you know big i was i was hoping that you know at some point those themes would just roll over into the rest of DC and not, not just get the, the next crisis or the next, you know, green lantern crossover, but, uh, but also, you know, really play with the red and the green, you know, uh, and how they affect the rest of the, like the intergalactic. Right. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely had, I wanted a lot more and I really, I didn't really read a whole lot of Swamp Thing. You know, I'm familiar with him. You know, I did a little bit of, yeah. you know, a Hellblazer and Constantine, you know, I know right. the Swamp Thing ties in with that, but I didn't really get into Swamp Thing until uh, pretty much Scott Snyder was writing it. And that's because he had written some other stuff that I was kind of a fan of before. Right. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just kind of neat to kind of see how some of these brains worked like, oh, I can write a really good Batman story, but I can also write this story that's really going to be creepy and scare you. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, with like uh, superheroes, like, you know, getting to somebody like uh, with Batman who works off of fear, right? That's why he wears the costume and everything like that. Being, you know, being able to to play off of, you know, scary, spooky horror themes, you know, within that, I, I think that uh, that that lends itself to a lot more um, accessible, but also, you know, creative uh, potential for storytelling. Right. You know, whereas... You know, maybe maybe Superman. You know, he has his his limitations there. Um, but uh, but then you start seeing that, and like um, you know, as far as DC goes, obviously Swamp Thing. You know, is is you know kind of gothic horror, and uh, as well as body horror. Um, <laughs> and romance, gothic <laughs> romance too. You know, he he weaves that in, you know. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to see all these, you know, like different genres and how they can really inform how things go. You know, on the Marvel side, I've always been a fan of like Ghost Rider. It's like just that, I mean, as a kid, the visual, right? The flaming skull. <laughs> right. That's pretty fucking scary. <laughs> that is. Yeah. And then, yeah, like it's only been in the last few years. It's like, holy crap, he's an Avenger now? <laughs> like, of course. Why wasn't he before? It's like, how cool is that? Yeah, he was hanging out with the actual monsters with his legion of monsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had to kind of do his little, you know, his little song and dance over here to be like superhero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it, you know, with like uh, supernatural characters, like you know, dabbling in magic, like like Doctor Strange and you know Doctor Fate and those guys. It's like, well, yeah, that's you know, you you got to have those guys on your team because they can deal with the un the unthinkable threats, you know, and, and of course with that, you know, does come the, the horror characters or the ones more rooted in that. But I mean, they're all, you know, have, have their elements of magic base, even, you know, like somebody that's cursed, like werewolf by night or, uh, you know, blade that has to deal with uh, Dracula so much is like, it's not a bad idea to have, have them on your team. Yeah. You know? It's that, it's that cosmic horror, you know, you've got the Avengers who are dealing with like, you know, like the, the threats on earth or like the alien threats, you know, but they haven't dealt with anything. that's like, you know, cosmic horror yet, you know, but once you bring in the Sorcerer Supreme, it's like, let me go ahead and just kind of fill you in on what is beyond these realms. And then yeah. like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not just dealing with gods, but, but gods are also kind of, you know, dealing with magic and monsters and stuff too. They're, they're always connected with that. You know, the Norse gods have all their mythology and, and uh, supernatural. Hela is is one is a good example of that. Um, I mean, technically, so is Thor, but you know, they've um, uh, they've they've kind of you know, I don't know, uh, kind of polished them up enough to <laughs> yeah, you know, where where it's maybe not so much, but it's just more widely acceptable. But uh, but there is that that su supernatural element that at least comes from the actual North Norse mythology. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
and and some of that's actually pretty scary too so yeah well yeah what, was, what is it the the um was it with ragnarok is it the the end serpent or you know something like that or uh, is it the the wolf that brings about the the end of the world i can't remember all that stuff but it's it's absolutely ridiculous and and exciting and uh uh, I think we got a little glimpse of that in the movie. You got that giant wolf, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll be that, and you've got like you know the actual like demon that's been buried underneath. And I think with yeah. you know, Doctor Strange, he's got more Lovecraftian, you know, monsters and boogeyman. Yes. And Thor, you've got more like you know uh, mythology, which is still also creepy in its own way. But you know, right. when you've got like you know a giant wolf. As compared yep. to you know, Doctor Strange is whatever is going to get him. It's going to come out in some like cosmic horror. There's there's definitely like a difference in in, in the terror. You know, yeah. For me, I feel like I would be running towards a giant wolf and be like, oh puppy, but then I'd be running away. You know, from some of these like giant serpents and these you know crazy monsters. Like, I don't want any of that, but I kind of right. want that big puppy. Yeah, <laughs> I could I could totally see that. Yeah. Ah, it's fluffy. But when it sheds, man, oh my God, that's the worst. <laughs> it was worth it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, the dander. So much dander. <laughs> the, yeah, you know, with something like that, too, like, you know, cosmic horror, um, you know, thinking on like Doctor Strange, yeah, I think that would be, you know, more appropriately alien than just the things that you would see in. In, you know, traditionally in comic books, when you have like your final crisis or your infinite infinity gauntlet stuff right. going on is, is those things of actual unknown unknowns. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you go and you see like, uh, was it the living tribunal in Marvel comics? And, but, but these are all like personifications <laughs> with humanoid bodies. It's like, you know, what, what about the, the, you know, the powers and energies behind them that, you can't you shouldn't be able to define not right. not not by human standards yeah obviously that's where your doctor strange has come in yeah who are used to dealing with abstract yeah <laughs> like dormammu you know like this is literally just like you know a giant flaming being from yeah. the cosmos <laughs> yeah it's pure energy of you know scariness and and that's his giant monster he's got to deal with and i'm glad we got just a little bit of that in, in his movie i thought that was actually really fun yeah what, what was that uh, uh Surter? is that right which one is it what, are we uh oh you mean uh in uh in uh um multiverse of madness i think it was in the first doctor strange oh, uh, remember uh i think that's what it is yeah Dormammu. Dar, uh, Dormammu? Yeah. Yeah. I know these, these names. You can't, you I know. read things. I don't hear them. Yeah, that's true. Well, like, like with Black Panther, when, uh, when, when they had, uh, uh, Namor, uh, come out, I was like, I, I kept, I was always saying it Namor, you know? Um, it's yeah. Namor. If you're from Texas, I say Namor, but like, you know, when he was like, he was like, it's Namor because you know, he's obviously very romantic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. Amor, but it's Namor. I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's Namor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. We got uh, Trevor kicking in. Um, and I'll add uh, that it's uh, exciting to to fund some of these projects on on uh, Kickstarter and uh, Indiegogo. And then, uh, oh yeah, he's he's got talking about aftershock comics too. 
if any of you get a chance to check out I Breathe a Body by Aftershocks Comics, it's sort of a mix of Akira meets so the social network. Oh, wow. Crazy. Okay. I That's pretty cool. I thought that was kind of a good, I thought it was a good movie. I was entertained by it. Yes. Uh, social network is, is fantastic. Akira, you know, the, the manga and, and the, you know, the anime too. Um, well, for me, I grew up with the anime. So, I mean, yeah. that's another thing of like body horror by itself too. I don't know if you have you have you uh, been able to to check that out, Akira. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm familiar with it. I was actually just kind of writing a note here to go check out. I breathe the body because I'm that that, that seems kind of interesting because I like both of those things. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Akira. I think maybe I saw it once when I was younger. Uh, unfortunately, my anime knowledge is limited to like anything between eighty five and like ninety eight. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think I stopped after, you know, Ninja Scroll and Vampire Hunter D, you know, that was kind of it. <laughs> after that, I was like, right. I, I don't know, I'm out. Right. That's, uh, yeah, so, and that's pretty much about my knowledge, too, is like, you know, the Akira's, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, yeah, Ninja Scroll was, um, that was one that I would come home from uh, working at Blockbuster Video and just pop in and chill out watching that one. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's scary itself, you know, also. It's right. Very like creepy and weirdly done. And God, I think, yeah, I didn't see that till maybe I was like 16 or 17 and it had been out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, like recently that uh, I think that when it comes to anime and, and manga, the one that, that I gravitate towards is um, uh, Attack on, on Titan or Attack of oh, Titan. Yeah. yeah the, like uh, the anime is just amazing. Um, I remember I got into that. I, this is funny. Um, I had just come home from uh, you know, eating, um, um, I think, um, some udon or something like that. And I have a nut allergy. Oh, yeah. And something uh, got contaminated and I was uh, throwing up for the rest of the day. So I just. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good memory. That's a good tying to both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all, all I could do, I couldn't keep anything down. All I could do is just sit there and watch TV and Attack on Titan was just on Netflix. And so I just, I streamed that the entire day, you know, just watching that, trying to recover. And I was like, holy crap, you know, everything's subtitled, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, but yeah, I, I got the gist. I was like, man, this is amazing. And then, um, it, yeah, by, by that night I was fine, you know, but yeah, if, if I didn't cripple myself, I wouldn't have caught that. <laughs> I'll definitely have to thank Trevor here for the suggestion. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, Taffeta, we're, we're just about out of time, but, you know, real quick, uh, can you recommend like a, a werewolf by night run or, you know, any comic book series that uh, horror related that, that you're currently really enjoying? Um, you know, I'm so far behind on anything that's modern. Mm -hmm. So I, I would, you know, I would just be pulling, you know, stuff from from back in the day but i would definitely start if you are looking to get into horror i would go straight to ec I, I would go to tales of suspense i would go to shock suspense stories i would go to crypto terror um if you wanted to go to pre-code i would do uh you know tales of uh adventures in darkness adventures of tale uh, uh terror uh terror tales anything that's got you know the uh uh, uh johnny craig 
he did a lot of the art, but he also wrote a lot of the stories too. You know, you've got Graham Ingalls. I would definitely, you know, I, I would start with the beginning. I would start with those. Yeah, that's cool. Um, man, that's awesome. Uh, Taffeta, uh, you know, thanks for, for coming on and, uh, yeah, and, oh, yeah, thank and you. being so generous with your time and, you know, talking, uh, you know, talking comics and, and horror comics with me. Um, it also, you know, opens up my eyes too, because uh, I'm always, you know, wanting to learn more. But again, I'm a little dense. <laughs> it's I'm always busy doing other stuff to, you know, really. Or even the uh, uh, Journey into Mystery before we got Thor, because we, mm-hmm. uh, we got Thor in Journey into Mystery, you know, yep. and that was like, you know, I think like in the 80s issue, but, you know, even like the early Journey into Mystery, the Marvel, like in 1951, 52, you That's know, true. those were also, you know, very like spooky kind of like, you know, true crime stuff. So right. you can go back to uh, Marvel Precode and you can find a lot of, uh, you know, anthology uh, issues that just have random horror stories in there too. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's cool. Uh, and, and remember everybody uh, who's turning, uh, tuning in uh, after the show, uh, you know, ends, make sure you go to, uh, uh, to Twitch, uh, you know, dot TV backslash uh, Tabitha Darling and, and make sure you uh, subscribe and, and follow her and, uh, you know, support uh, amazing talents like, uh, like her, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, s- some really fun stuff. You're going to be doing interviews and, and uh, you know, playing video games and and, ta- and chatting it up. And what other things are you doing on your Twitch channel? Um, well, I can just plug a couple of my guests. Uh, uh, next week, yeah. I'm uh, playing a couple of horror games. I've downloaded some stuff that are kind of interactive that are kind of like role playing. So I've got that that I'm playing. Uh, but I've got uh, Jamie Koala. And she's an amazing artist. She does these like life-size like death metal prints. And she does like artwork cool. for like, you know, uh heavy metal bands and but she's also a fashion designer and so she has like this beautiful like clothing line of like you know fantasy stuff but then you could like see her art and it's all like hardcore death metal she's super awesome super awesome uh and then i'm actually talking to doug jones the actor doug yeah. jones that's awesome that's so sweet i don't even know but i'm i'm talking to doug jones on january uh the 30th uh before that uh i'll be chatting with uh if you're into punk music, if you're into indie music, uh, the guy who was in uh, his, uh, Mass Giordani, he uh, was in Squirt Gun, he's in Screech Weasel and Common Rider, but he also does uh, producing for Anti-Flag, Rides Against and Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be chatting with him. Uh, and then I've got some people from uh, the Animaniacs uh, season that's coming up, and I've got uh, some local uh, bands, uh, singers from Dallas that are coming up that are about to go on tour that have new albums out too, so... Next month is going to be heavily focused on uh, a lot of music. music. Yeah. But uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have some pretty cool like uh, celebrity and artist guests. So cool. I don't know how it happened, but I'm really thankful for it. That's awesome. Well, th- that's fantastic. We'll make sure. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure to to tune in then and uh, you know check it out. <laughs> we have one last comment here. It says Teen Wolf is the best werewolf werewolf story. Sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> it's debatable, but. Thanks, Brandon. I guess <laughs> that's my partner. That's my Brandon. <laughs> oh, is that your Brandon? Oh, you, then you you can uh, you can argue with that uh, yeah. when you get offline. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me come chat. Like I said, I can I can rant for hours on this stuff. So thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll have to you know, have you back sometime, and and uh, we'll we'll rant some more. Awesome. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Hang out for a few minutes while we sign off, but 
uh, again, uh, to everybody that tuned in, thanks for so much for uh, all your support and, and uh, you know, tuning in. And of course, uh, to our sponsors, to Mutiny Information Cafe. If you're going to start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. <laughs> and uh, our friends at uh, Hellfire Entertainment, thanks for rebroadcasting us for your, on your social media. And of nice. course, uh, Groovy TV. And our friends over at Alien Donut Films, to Bill and Angela over there. I love all your gadgets. This is so fun. <laughs> oh, thanks. And and then, of course, uh, to uh, uh, my producers, uh, Lily uh, Fisher and uh, Amanda Armstrong and Stefan Santa Cruz. And, uh, oh, we're still getting more comments. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Mutiny for life. Nice. <laughs> He's from here. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh and yeah to everybody that tuned in hey uh, it's snowing outside so yeah help each other out uh, during these uh cold times and uh yeah we'll catch you next week next Bye. week uh, i'm interviewing uh the guys from uh the empty crypt so another uh local podcast so we get to geek oh. out on more horror stuff it'll be fun so take care take it easy happy new year We'll see you. Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror, September 15th through the 17th.